It's show 96 of the Rim Pro Report. This week, Pat DeVries of DeVries Business Services in Spokane, Washington. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. I check out a lot of websites in the Rim world on a regular basis, and I'm amazed at how many companies in the Rim world use RS Web. That's O'Neill's web portal for your customers to access their information, make orders, and more. Functionality that's rich with features and flexibility, your clients will benefit from using RS Web. If you want to learn more about it, you can do so at O'Neillsoft.com. The national celebrations are done. It's time to get back to broadcasting. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me and for all of you in Canada and the U.S., I hope you've enjoyed this week's national festivities. I know I have as a Canadian living in America. I took the liberty of celebrating both national festival days. Canada Day was spent sailing in San Diego Harbor, and uh, yesterday was spent enjoying this fair city and some pretty cool fireworks last night. Frankly, I'm a little sunburned, which is better than being boiled like so many others of you across the North American hemisphere. Wow, what a heat wave this week has been across much of North America. I hope you are staying cool. It's been a scorcher. Wow. Speaking of hot, my guest today has been smoking in his business and continues to grow rapidly. I'm incredibly excited to chat with Patrick DeVries, the founder and president of DeVries Business Services in Spokane, Washington. Patrick has built an incredibly cool business with multiple services to it, and I'm looking forward to chatting with him to learn more about it. Normally, we dive right into the industry news, but with the holidays this week, we're going to forego the industry news. But I, I do want to mention, and thoughts go out to the people at Recall in Maryland with the, the devastating and fairly significant accident that happened this week. I'm sending out good wishes to everyone there. I know this is a, a horrendous, a horrendous event for them, and I think it has significant implications on our industry. So looking and sending good wishes to them, and I know that you will as well as part of the industry and as part of our industry family. So, uh, yeah, good wishes to them, and uh, I'm going to just get Patrick DeVries on the line right now. Hang on for a second. It's a great pleasure for me to introduce to you Pat DeVries, founder and president of DeVries Business Services in Spokane, Washington. Pat, are you there? I am here, Tom. Hey, great to have you on the RimPro Report today. I'm extremely grateful you've taken the time. I'm really interested in your story, so give me a brief picture as we begin of DeVries Business Services. What are all the things you do, your footprint, sort of your size, any, any of that kind of stuff? Give me a sense of, of who DeVries is today. Our company has been around for about 25 years or so, and like a lot of us in this business, I migrated over here from the moving and storage industry. Yeah. My family owned a moving company and still does here in Spokane, Washington. So we started record storage back mid-80s and 
within the moving company. But then uh, 10 years or so of that, we decided that we'd be a stronger company and could explore some opportunities by splitting off from the moving and storage operation. Okay. So we, we did that in 1995 and embarked on really a strategy of diversification, partly to chase, I guess I might say, opportunity, but also to survive. Spokane, you know, in the inland northwest, we're about 300 miles from the Seattle-Puget Sound area and part of the Intermountain area. Yeah. We, we have about a 200-mile radius that we service in eastern central Washington, as well as north Idaho and some spots in western Montana and northeast Oregon even. So as we've gone, and especially as we got into the secure destruction business, we have four mobile shred trucks and a bailing operation, and we operate it out of here with our schedules, but we seem to be continuing to expand that footprint through opportunities and our clients' needs. So we really have grown from a local mobile shredding operation to a regional provider. And so, you know, we've, we've done that. We have a, a courier operation here, uh, 10 vehicles that service uh, pickups and delivery around the area, as well as some office furniture, installation work, commercial moving services, and some logistics, and other things. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of diverse. And, you know, a lot of that, Tom, came from really taking good care of our customers and finding that there's other important services that they needed that dovetailed in really nicely with what we do. So in our profile, with the secure background that we all have, we're AAA NAID certified, and we are also completed the Privacy Plus right. uh, program at uh, PRISM. So that profile for us, and in our market, we really have worked it, I guess, to our advantage where we can provide secure HIPAA-compliant courier services and secure HIPAA-compliant moving services. So we really used it to market ourselves. and it seemed to be going quite well. So the, the whole secure HIPAA-compliant part of it has obviously come from the records and secure destruction side, but you've taken it and pulled it back now into your courier and office-related moving and logistics stuff to really distinguish yourself in the marketplace, it sounds like. I'm probably not Albert Einstein, but, you know, it just seemed like a logical way to add some value when we're in on a, you know, bidding on an opportunity, and it's really gone over well. You know, a couple of the hospital networks here in our area, we've been able to take care of them on the, you know, the rim side with some things, but also, you know, introduced to the facilities people and so on. And so, you know, our profile is well established. And as long as we're willing to provide, you know, professional services in these other areas, yeah, we just seem to win. Our competition outside our industry isn't that, you know, I guess, conversational about the compliance issues, you know, with the medical community, the banking community, and so on. And, and I think it's just a combination of education and, you know, providing that value so they're, you know, they're comfortable. And, and so you're, well. you're going in, say, with your commercial moving stuff, and instead of just selling commercial moving, you're selling this whole HIPAA-compliant security focus, yep. the, the staff training and designations you have, which really don't apply to office furniture, logistics, courier services, and moving, but you're placing them on that as a point of differentiation, it sounds like. That's right. And, and really, once, it, once it's taken hold, then, you know, our clients really talk to each other, and we get some good word-of-mouth referrals that way. And I guess part of our commercial moving activity is successful 
due to the fact that we contract with a couple of the local furniture dealers. One of them, Steelcase, which is a gigantic brand, yeah. and really gets us out all over the place. And then uh, along with that, we have you know a large crew of professional installers with all those security background clearances and so on. So we really have have a leg up on our competition, it seems like. And you know, it just helps us, carries us into military installations around the area and just other places with that profile. And we've decided that we're selling value and quality. And all of us talk about price, and price is the big deal. And ultimately, price weighs pretty heavily in a lot of these yeah. issues. But, you know, I just think I've gotten you know, a lot of good advice from my friends and peers and Tom Adams and others over the years to help me view myself and the company the proper way to really set myself up to be the best in the market. And if I can knock down all those barriers then, and all I've got left is price to haggle over, that sometimes works out to our advantage. Yeah. You know, and, and we just don't lead with price if we don't have to, and it makes all the difference. But, you know, every market's different, and some are just ruthless. The real value I think I've gained is by my attendance at PRISM and NAID conferences. Mm. I just can't tell you, and, and every one of us that are in the business know what a great industry it is and how willing everyone is to share. Yeah. And, uh, that's just helped me tremendously and found that the more I go, the more I've learned, and it's really a great thing. I really enjoy it. Let's dig back a little bit because I think you've brought up so many interesting points. And you started in the moving business uh, and you yeah. came into a family business, but you decided in 95 to kind of separate yourself. When yeah. did you, so at that point, did you, at 95, when you separated yourself, is that when you really fully decided to explore all of these service? I, I realize shredding came later in that, but this whole concept of diversification and having this solid base, tell me a little bit more about the real reason for that, because as much as a lot of people think diversification is sure. a good thing, they, they, they never actually do it. They, they kind of get stuck in their thing. But tell me a little bit more about your belief about diversification, where that came from, and how it served you over the years. You know, I think like a lot of us, I started out by uh, working harder than I could ever imagine possible. Yeah. Um, you know, prior to the moving company, I spent five years on the road as an owner-operator for Wheaton Band Lines, ran 48 states, moving families all over the place. Wow. And so, you know, I ended up with a half million safe driving miles and, you know, moved a ton of families. And by the time I was done with that, we bought our moving agency. I was already fed up with it. <laughs> I mean, it, right. you know, it's, it's great, you know, and it's a great industry and, and so on. But it, you know, it really wasn't my life's work. And I'd gotten into it primarily because I was a crummy high school student, which meant that when I went to college, I struggled in college to try to figure out what to do. So all said and done now, the kind of the, I took the dirt road to get here, but, you know, I found it. And so we, you know, in the moving business, um, my brother and dad were agents for Atlas Van Lines. Oh, okay. We were, you know, we're busy, and both my dad and brother and I all drove, so our background was in hauling and, and great customer service. So, you know, there were just so many conflicts when we were all together with the limited capital we had. You know? Right. $50,000 road trailer, you know, $80,000 tractors, things like that conflicted with maybe some of the more simple requirements of buying more shelving for our record center. Right. And so over time, I just couldn't get anywhere. So I peeled out and hooked up a situation to sell my stock back and basically uh, started anew. The record center was pretty teeny then, but I knew I needed to get in there and, and get it going and apply some technology. So 
I did that and bought Total Recall software, and we still run that today. And uh, that served us very well. But I knew that as we went, there were many items in the rim business that I wasn't involved in with. And still today, I'm still working my way into more imaging services. And, and some of that, we have some going, but not as robust as I'd like. And so we just really saw the record storage business is the kind of the thing for a while until the law started changing and document destruction became a standard. So it fit our industry. So we jumped into that and worked our way into a first truck and then have kept growing that thing. And, you know, looking back, everything has been probably twice as expensive and 10 times more difficult <laughs> than I had imagined. But because I got into record storage because it seemed easy. I thought, you know, boxes on shelves, storing themselves, what better business could there be? All right. You know, but as every industry matures, you know, it's way more than storing boxes. And so, you know, I'm really wrestling with you know, how do we continue to diversify and probably more importantly is how do we adapt? There's just such a disfavor, in a sense, with paper. The younger generations coming along are everything but paper, technology, this and that, and all that, you know, the yellow page issues, uh, and so on. And so, in spite of all the changes, in my heart, I still love storing paper. Yeah. And all of us do. It's yeah. great. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, got to find great value with clients in order to attract paper storage. And you know, that comes from other services. So, so but... but you know, you, you, you've talked record storage and shredding, but these, when did you add like the courier service? Because I know the courier service, you're running 10 or 12 trucks. And yeah. so that's a big part of your business. And then the furniture moving. It sounds like when you started, it was all about getting the record storage business going. But you've added well, all of these, these supplemental services, yeah. which are now significant revenue drivers. Well, yeah, they are. And it's, I guess it goes back to my, uh, what I was familiar with some and Really, in looking back now, I can see I pulled together parts of my background that I liked. And right. when I was in the moving business, one of the things, you know, we even in the moving business days, we installed commercial office, commercial office furniture. As I recognized back in 1981 or so, that if you're going to move an office, you need to be proficient at tearing down workstations and putting them back up again. And yeah. so we decided to create that value, and we did. And so we chugged down that road, and, and as I ended up here on my own, doing my thing with the record center and the, the documents we retrieve and handle for our clients need delivery. So we were doing that. And so when we started here after leaving the moving business, I had one person that did the pickup and delivery work, a person that ran the record center, me that did all the books and selling and everything else along with my wife. Well, I didn't want to work that hard. So you know, I wanted to grow it. <laughs> so, and I, and I figured that if I had, more deliveries, I could be more efficient in the routes we ran. So I kind of pulled out some of my historic uh, activities. One of them was delivering office supplies and found a new independent office supply company that had come to town and they had, you know, like half a dozen stops a day that they were making. But what we did was a couple of independent guys competing against some of the national players like a Staples. And so we started off by buying stuff from them and then basically I joke about it but I worked them over until they realized that they needed somebody like me that could deliver their stuff at the same level of customer service that they were doing themselves and as their model was going to be to buy their own van so they could control the service level mm -hmm. well I said, we can do that 
So we took on their delivery, and we do. And since then, we've added like contract mail services with this with our local county. You know, mail between our a lot of our clients. You know, where they have a north and south side office. Say we go to the mail post office box. Uh, we go all over the place. So we went from those half a dozen deliveries from the office supply company, and then the record storage stuff to probably 400 stops a day in our area wow. with, we just keep piling it on. And wow. now we, we get the RFPs from like the school district and so on and so forth. But the one thing I've know, I know now is that over time, everything changes. So, you know, we have a local courier that we've competed with over the years and they've been here a million years and they're really solid and everything's great. But then they sold out in about two years ago and they're owned by somebody out of town or larger operation. So their service levels have changed and have created opportunities for us. And so, you know, we just, and surprisingly, I mean, the courier business for me was something that was sort of just convenient. I wanted it to run well. Right. I wanted to have efficient pickup and delivery services, but, you know, I'm looking at it now like let's well, turned into a real operation. And so we're running all over the place doing that, but it just means that I can retrieve records and get them to my clients quickly. Yeah. Oh, that's um, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's pretty neat. And so you know, one thing leads to another, but say that career guy's not too busy today, then he's going to be able to be reassigned to another part of the company. We have about 30 employees total, and it doesn't seem like a lot, but we're pretty direct drive, pretty small, efficient office staff. I really have tried, you know, I mentioned I have total recall. And, you know, we use uh, QuickBooks accounting software and to the extent I can and to the extent I'm old enough to fight technology, right. I'm willing to embrace every, every bit of it as much as I can. I don't have a board of directors. My advice comes from, like I said, the industry, from my accountants, my bankers, my lawyers, and others that help point me in the right direction. And I truly am a locally owned independent record center. And, you know, I've bashed into the wall a few times with my bright ideas, but... You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I bounced off pretty well and we're still cooking. Yeah. So, you know, I own, you know, I've been able to purchase some real estate that we operate out of. A lot of my vehicles are paid for and, you know, I really try to focus on surviving and started out in the industry when we bought the moving company with no capital. I, I sold my stock and moved into this business with basically very little capital. <laughs> and uh, so... You know, things are much brighter today, but it's forced me, as I've gone through it, to be as creative as possible and, right. you know, use all my survival instincts to to keep moving forward without massive amounts of debt and you know, pain and suffering. And, right. and, you know, I just made the decision early on that I wasn't going to engage in uh, having, you know, silent partners or you know, other investors necessarily. And you know, I look at all the other great operators around the country that I've met and talked to, and there's a zillion different ways to go at it. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 I've, and I don't know what my you know, future looks like necessarily, but I'm just trying to build the best business I can and be strong financially and have really happy customers <laughs> you know, and somewhat satisfied employees. But it's, uh, but all in, it's, uh, it runs pretty smooth, and you know, we've got a lot ahead of us. But the bottom line for me with the being diversified and, you know, really provide my clients with an array of services to the extent they're, they're willing buyers is that 
makes it difficult to to fire. And, right. Right. You know, and we all want that. I, you know, I just like at home. I, you know, I try to do all I can so my wife keeps me around. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you know, not every day is a, am I perfect. So you know, I got to make up for it. <laughs> right. So so dig those uh, dig those need things in deep so that they don't easily have the ability to drop you. That's right. Yeah. You know, we're all faced with competition, and if somebody comes along and says, "Man, I can do that delivery cheaper," or "I can." Do this or that. Well, man, I need them. I need them calling me. I've, I've, hopefully, I've done all those things to create, you know, value in, 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 in some level of a relationship that indicates to them that hey, I'm I'm really passionate about doing a great job for you guys. We're going to do all we can and bend over backwards service. And, and even in light of that, it's difficult. Not yeah. everybody hears yeah. the message. Not everybody is as receptive. And, Nothing's perfect, but all you can do is try. So it's when there's trying times or when the competition's in there singing in their ear that they're like, yeah, well, Pat's a nice guy. I better give him a call. <laughs> right. know, that's all I want. And, you know, and I, I pay good attention when I'm on the buying side as well and what triggers my buying desires and others, and what keeps me coming back. And, and even when I give a vendor, I cut him slack and let him off the hook for mistakes or problems or whatever. It's interesting. Right. And it's all interesting. Yeah. You can use it as some, some uh, education to keep you cooking. But, but at the end of the you know, like Tom, like you say, I mean, we've all got to be likable before our prospects or our clients will trust us. Yeah. And you know, so that best put forward as much as possible, I mean, all the way through the organization and having good employees. I mean, we're like everybody that's a professional provider. I mean, we're, we do all the structural things, we're all in uniform, the vans are pretty and they're clean and you know it's just if we're not doing it we haven't come across it or we haven't thought of it yet but you just try to keep quality improvement doing all those things to try to carve out your niche and yeah like i said earlier i mean you can a company can decide is it going to be the cheapest laundromat in town or is it going to have the best washing machine like us i think we're recognized for we're not recognized for being the most inexpensive but we hopefully were recognized as the ones in our market that are helping them comply, helping their jobs go smoother. You know, the more we can help them and help them be efficient, we're on our way. Yeah. Look, looking back, would you have done anything differently now as you've, as you've thought about it? Yeah. Some of the things I've done as I've grown, you know, I've uh, done, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, it's all worked out pretty well. You know, we're all lease a building for a while and fill it up and then, you know, move out of it into a bigger one that I'm trying to buy or something. And boy, some of those are a little cumbersome and painful. But I think probably a little bit. Oh, I always wish I had stronger finances or, you know, the sugar daddy somewhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but that that went against your, your you know, a really strong value for you of, of being right. independent. So that, yeah, That's I mean, right. I, I guess the question is, you said earlier you hit some walls, and if you could go back and not hit those walls, what might have you have done differently not to hit yeah. those walls? What would I do? I would probably, you know, you know, like equipment choices are oh, okay. an opinion thing and all that. And I I know, for one, I, I should have recognized it and jumped into the shredding business sooner. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. I didn't, and I waited, and it was, it was kind of funny because I was flopping around and and thinking about it and offering shredding services and doing some 
really painful destruction. <laughs> you know, time consuming and all. Right, all right, right. I and I, I probably wouldn't have gone out and bought my first 400 tread bin in in a color I don't like, <laughs> the blue, and and I probably wouldn't have thought that cutting my own paper slots in them and make my own padlock hasp was the smart thing to do. Because I just didn't realize that I would own thousands of those. Right. <laughs> so we're back here cutting paper slots, and I'm sure a lot of guys have done that, I suppose. But, you know, who knew? And I thought, well, I'm chugging along, and I got, you know, 50 bins scattered around, and I'm swapping them in bands and doing all this crazy stuff. Then I had this competitor show up in our market, out of the blue, new company, you know, an independent mobile shredding truck and ran TV ads like nobody's business. And I was so bummed about that, I turned around and went out and bought a truck. <laughs> so pride, like, pride is pride has a lot of uh, a yeah, lot of influence on our decisions, doesn't it? That's right. And I did it because you know I'd flopped around for a year or two, thinking should I, who do you know, should I, shouldn't I? And and when I got into it, there were only new new trucks out there. So my first truck was two hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars, including tax, and I had twelve customers. And wow. Just like anybody today, but man. That made me so mad. <laughs> oh, right. That's hilarious. So, so I went out and I bought that thing, and I never, I think it's probably the first public disclosure that, you know, what my, you know, real strategy was. But, and so we did have the standing and in the market, and we went out and went hard at it. And then my second truck, the other thing I probably wouldn't do again was my, I had a large insurance company that we had actually had educated them into doing shredding services. Prior to that, they weren't shredding at all. And they were just recycling. It was a big processing center, you know. And so once we were in tune there, we're doing the shredding for a year or so, this new competitor shows up and was really lowballing me. And it also convinced them to use a different type of technology in a truck that was the only way to go. So I responded by buying my second truck with that particular technology, which I didn't like. But I bought it for the one customer, which wow. is something I'll never do again. Right. But, and now I have a couple types of technology, and I'm... My fleet's diversified. So, but anyway, you know, I responded pretty quickly to some of those things on an emotional level, but I guess, you know, made it work. So, but some, something in your gut, you know, from the, the years of doing this, the, the instinct I think is what becomes really important and yeah, you make mistakes, but that sort of instinct that you gained from being in this business a long time tends to give you those options. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you said, you know, keep your debt manage to the extent you can grow. You know, I've been able to grow sort of slowly, you might say, over the, since 1995 till now, you know, when there was a couple, three of us, and, and we really grow sort of one job at a time, and, you know, we hired a couple people last week, I hired a new shred truck driver, and uh, we just acquired the fourth truck. I can't really say that, I guess, but I'm acquiring, well, I couldn't say, I can say, but I can't say who, but we're acquiring another small shredding operation neck of the woods. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. That, yeah, it's kind of cool. And so, you know, it's picking up some assets and a bunch of customers in our in our footprint area. So it's, I think, maybe what's kind of going on in the world is, in our world of shredding, is, you know, this smaller, this is a one-truck, pure shredding operation. And the owner had some other interests outside our industry, and making a go of it was extremely difficult. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I see that in the industry, but so he was pretty happy to come across us, and so I'll buy his assets and his uh, customer base. And 
that'll increase our efficiency and allow him to go on in other pursuits. I see it in aid and others, some of the pressures on companies that are just in, say, the destruction end or just in the record storage end. It seems that most of the operators I talk to would would enjoy diversification. Yeah. But it's a capital outlay, it's a difficult proposition. But I've had a few bright ideas and how do you how do you get started? How do you get a toehold? How do you you know, break into it? And so, you know, every market's different. There's some strategies that we've been fortunate enough to pull off to kind of ease our way along so we're not getting into record storage, gone and buy a million dollar building and a million dollars worth of racking and da 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 and boy. Yeah, that's hard to pull start. off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I have to say you've done it extremely well, and that's uh, pretty cool. And a, as always, you and I can chat for a long time, but we've already consumed almost 30 minutes. So <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that well, cool? Um, it is fun, and it's, there's always a lot to talk about. And, oh, yeah. Uh, we yeah. joke in the industry. It's also exciting for all of us in the industry, but when I go talk to my friends or strangers that have never heard of our industry and you start talking, getting excited about your boxes on shelves <laughs> or your shredding trucks, they all about pass out. So I uh, love talking about it. I, I think there might be one more topic that you would probably <laughs> like talking about more than your business, and that would be downhill skiing. But um, Oh, yeah. I've done a couple of days r- of that. Rumor yeah. has it you're a crazy downhill skier. Well, now that I'm older, I guess crazy has kind of been on you know, on the shelf, but yeah, you know, it's, I, I live in a great part of the country for alpine skiing, and I do a lot of mountain biking as well, but the downhill skiing has been just the thing. You know, we're in a four-season climate, and if you're not out playing in the snow in the winter, you're going to be probably pretty depressed. But, uh, yeah, I've done a lot of skiing over the years. In fact, last year I was up in British Columbia with some friends and got to go helicopter skiing for four days. Wow. Up in the Canadian Rockies. I mean, it's just It was just off the charts. Well, it was off the charts in terms of cost and experience. So, <laughs> but thank, uh, thankfully, you have uh, thirty employees and trucks running all over the city to support your right. uh, the lifestyle of your your new lifestyle that's, of choosing. That's right. Yeah. In fact, last couple of years ago, I went to Nade down in Las Vegas, and they picked a wonderful time of year. So I drove down and skied in Utah a couple of times on my way, and wow. uh, got to Vegas and went to the conference. So I got a good value out of that. So, but, you know, I'm like all of us, we work hard so that we can enjoy our lives and families, and, you know, it all motivates me. I work hard so I can go out and goof around, yeah. basically. You know, and, and, uh, you know and, and really, I guess I'm old enough, too. I mean, I love creating opportunities for my employees and their families, and, you know, we try to do a lot of things. We buy uh, baseball tickets to our local short-season AA Texas Rangers affiliate. So, you know, we have sign-up sheets for that, and we do, you know, baseball parties with the, with the, you know, all my employees, and so try to really create a great family atmosphere, good, you know, if you got to go to work somewhere, might as well be, be at a good place. Yeah, we've all had crappy jobs, so, yep. you know, I get a, I get a thrill out of providing a decent job, so. Very cool. Really well, well, Pat, it's been great talking to you. It's been great hearing your story and, and some of your perspective on things. And congratulations on growing a really cool business. It was great hearing about it all. And thanks for spending the time with us. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it. Wow, there you have it. Another great conversation. Uh, thanks to Pat DeVries for taking the time to share his story with us. It was great to hear him today. 
and, uh, and it always amazes me the unique and interesting stories we discover along the way. Hey, do you have an interesting story? Are you doing some cool stuff in your business? I'd love to hear from you here on the Rim Pro Report. Drop me a line by email or fill in the form on the website and get in touch with me. I'd love to chat with you further about possibly being on the show. And while we're doing this, I want to thank our good friends at O'Neill Software for their ongoing support of the show. O'Neill has this really cool option called Six Appeal. Yes, that's six with an I, not with an E. Unlimited users, unlimited web users, unlimited classroom training and technical support, unlimited networking, and no upfront software costs. Wow, that sounds appealing to me. If it does to you, check it out at O'NeillSoft. Dot com. That's it for us. We are out of here. Have yourself a great week. We'll be back in another one for another show. See ya. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.